Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Today's guest is Dustin Herman, the new Champaign County Sheriff. Good morning, Dustin. Good morning. You have a bachelor's and master's degree, both in criminology and a doctorate of education in community college leadership. You're also a member of the Illinois Community College Board. You have almost 20 years in the criminal justice field. Why would you want to change direction and run for an elected position? Well, you know, I uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider it changing direction. Um I've been in the criminal justice field for since I was 18 years old. You know, started um, hospital security before I was 21. I did 911 telecommunications at the Effingham County Sheriff's Office. When I was 21, I was fortunate enough to get a police job. Um, and you know, I things have worked out really well for me in my life, professionally and and personally. But I don't want necessarily say that I had a master plan to be sheriff at you know 37 years old. Um, so. I I transitioned from the sheriff's office as a deputy sheriff to criminal justice program director at Lakeland College, but I was still wholeheartedly in the criminal justice field. Um, I still worked for the for the campus police department um, when they needed me. You know, I just kind of transitioned a little bit from the enforcement side to teaching future criminal justice professionals how to be good ethical criminal justice professionals. And then the opportunity to to run for sheriff came up and I said, why the heck not? So here I am today. It's a rumor that you ran because there was no one on the ballot representing the Democratic side. Is that true? You know, it is. And a um, couple of years ago, and, and like I said, I've never had aspirations thinking, okay, by this age, I'm going to be, you know, such and such. By this age, I'm going to be the sheriff, etc. I've never had aspirations to do that. Um, and a couple of years ago, whenever I heard word, because I still had several, um, several acquaintances at the sheriff's office, when I heard that Sheriff Walsh was not thinking about running anymore, I thought, hmm. Okay, at 37 years old, it would kind of be a risky move for something that might be only four years because that's the sheriff's term. And though I hope to have several more terms in front of me, um, you, you just never know, right? And and kind of as I said during the election process is I want it up to the voters every four years on which direction we're going to go. If I'm that great, if not, well, I, I can live with that. So I started thinking about it then, not seriously putting feelers out. Um, and then once we got to the primary and nobody ran on the Democratic ticket and there were only two Republican candidates who ran, um, I thought, okay, let's seriously be thinking about giving the, the voters a choice in November because there's way too much, you know, I, I don't personally support Trump, but I I, I see, you know, kind of, I, I see where he's coming from on some things. And my family in Effingham is completely Republican. Um, I actually spent the first 24 years of my life as a Republican. And for, for other reasons, you know, I'm now Democrat, but I thought this is too important of a time, regardless of Republican, Democrat, Independent, to only have one person to choose from for sheriff. So here I am. And you've been quoted as saying, quote, I wanted to win. I had a lot of supporters, but realistically, I knew the chances were slim. I didn't expect to win by that margin. On election night, when you realized you were winning, were you excited to serve or freaked out this was actually happening or both? Both. I, um, you know, there are some candid pictures of that night that I am not ready to give out quite yet. But I tell you what, I had, I was surrounded by a very small group of family and friends and Um, I I remember I had a student actually text me at, it was probably 7.30. Um, I'm assuming when the early votes were all counted and they were put out there and I was, you know, 7,000 votes ahead. And I thought, holy cow, don't get too optimistic, right? Because it's still really early in the the evening. Um, But I carried that 7,000 vote throughout the entire evening and it started sinking. And it's kind of funny because my husband, Tony, he... 
neither one of us have a, have a political background. And so, you know, we were kind of, I was kind of doing my own thing around the, around the house and stuff. And he would call me down. He's like, Dustin, you've won, you've won. But he didn't realize that it wasn't 100% of the votes in yet. And so we were all excited. And I came down and like, wait a minute, Tony, this isn't, we're, we're not done yet. Right. All precincts had not reported yet. And, um, and once that 100% was in, we were like, holy moly, I actually won. Um, what in the world do we do now? And I absolutely have faith in my abilities to to run the sheriff's office. I just was not expecting that I would be the winner out of that race. As the dust settled, you chose Shannon Barrett, an Urbana police officer, to be your second in command. Is it annoying how much attention has been paid to the fact that both you and Shannon are gay? You know, um, for me, it's uh, it, it's just part of it. Um, Whenever, so I am an openly gay male and I try really, really, really hard to not let that run my life, uh, not run my professional life. Um, I have struggled, I have struggled throughout my law enforcement career because it's not, especially in downstate Illinois, it's not a profession that you see openly gay people in. Um, and so I have struggled my entire professional life trying to really convince people that I am at the same level as somebody who might be my straight counterpart. Right. Um, and you know, I, somewhere in a news article, I quoted someone when I was at the Douglas County Sheriff's office and I left and, uh, and somebody who we didn't have partners there, but somebody who I worked with regularly on my shift said, Dustin, you know what, when you came in, I thought you were going to be scared of your own shadow. Um, for the stigmatization that he had with homosexuals and, and, and things like that. And he's like, you absolutely proved me wrong. And that was kind of eye-opening, but it is something that I struggle with. So whenever I started running, you know, Tony and I talked about it and I said, listen, I don't want to make this the forefront of why I'm running because I don't think it should be a decision on why I'm elected and why I'm not. But I also think I don't want to be secretive about it. I also want to put it out there. Um, and so I wholeheartedly knew that it was going to come up. I was... Um, you know, kind of driving the agenda a little bit there. And I think I, I think it worked in my, to my advantage. Shannon, you know, I was a little disheartened whenever they, uh, the news gazette made a big deal about, um, you know, I actually, actually in my, uh, in my interview after I won and after I announced her, she, uh, I was asked by the news gazette, they said, so are you trying to make a statement here? Um, and I was like, no, um, you know, I've known Shannon since I was a road deputy. Um, Shannon has been a good friend. Well, I had one person in particular reach out who I don't know that well, but I know well enough. And he's like, man, that shows poor, poor leadership and poor judgment to a point outside of the organization. And, and I didn't reply. And, and I was thinking to myself, wait a minute. So I'm not going to justify to you reasons why I'm making the decisions I am. But I tell you what, in that number two position, you got to have somebody you can trust. You got to have somebody who's loyal. You got to have somebody who is wholeheartedly going to serve the citizens. And I did not have enough knowledge at that point, And I still don't have enough knowledge at the sheriff's office right now to identify an internal candidate that would be perfect in that position. So sure. So, you know, Shannon was, uh, was a, uh, a really good bet there. Um, I don't think it really bothered her because she's openly lesbian. It's interesting that the focal point a lot of times goes to that and not what are you going to do in office? You know, how is your transition going? Those types of things. And the fact that she's a woman, that is what got my attention. And I think that's going to help the department uh, from an outsider. That is a traditionally under 
represented. Um, you know, the sheriff's office in and of itself does not have very much diversity. Um, we do a little bit in patrol, but it's really hard to be a minority in the sheriff's office because we deal with a lot of the the county areas too. If we just um, if we just serve the Champaign Urbana area, it would be really easy, but. Mentally, it's really difficult for minorities to serve the outlying county areas because they have different views and things uh, Champaign and Urbana does. And so, um, you know, we have a couple of females um, deputy wise and things, but Shannon is really going to represent a, a underserved population for the sheriff's office and give that perspective that even I can't offer. Your husband, Tony, you just mentioned him a minute ago. He's a Carl Foundation Hospital nurse. Could the two of you be more perfect in terms of serving the community? Your work hours are about to drastically increase if they haven't already. How has Tony been supportive in this change? You know, it's, um, it is something that we talked for hours about before I even decided to run. Because in my view, this is not just a decision that I was excited about. It's also a decision that we have to do. Now, we don't have any kids. My hope is to adopt eventually. Um, you know, we have some, some dogs, but we don't have any kids. And so schedule-wise, it's relatively easy. But this whole being sheriff 24-7 thing, you know, a lot of people don't realize that from 8 to 5, the office is open, but I am a sheriff 24-7. And I have good command under me right now that deals with a lot of the issues that may come up. But at any time, I could be, you know, called out for something if I needed to, etc. Um, Tony, he understands the holidays, the weekends, not only because I was a deputy sheriff before, but because he works that schedule too. Um, and so, so far, it's been a, a good transition with us. Now, you've said you want to improve the morale in the department. Why do you suppose morale is down and how do you plan on improving it? There are tons of reasons the morale is down, one of which was leadership previously and not necessarily the sheriff, but some decisions that were made um, within the sheriff's ranks um, over the last couple of years. They've also, so the sheriff's office notoriously has a a lower tax base than what the cities do. And why that matters is we pay less than what the cities do. As a result, we seem to be a training ground for, for deputies and correctional officers. Correctional officers who are wanting to be police officers will work a couple of years in the jail and then they'll go to Urbana-Champaign and U of I. Our deputies will come to us, work for a couple of years, and then go to Urbana-Champaign and, or U of I um, because they make more money. Um, I think, of course, that the benefits are a lot better at the county. I always loved the wide open spaces that I could patrol, not necessarily a certain block radius that I had to do every day. Um, but I tell you what, for a 21, 22, 23-year-old, that money is hard to compete with. So we have had, um, not only because some of the leadership that we've had, but also because, you know, whenever I came in in December, we, um, we just finished two officers on uh, field training this last week. So they're, they're officers out there. We just graduated two officers from Police Training Institute this last Thursday, and I just hired three more deputies. So that was how much we were down, essentially, which then caused... I don't want to necessarily say that law enforcement is always fun, but it can be fun. If you want to go out and you want to run traffic stops and do stuff like that proactively, the fewer manpower we have, the, the harder it is to do that. And then the outer areas of the county suffer, etc. Um, so all of this stuff was really weighing down on that morale. Um, so as we get the ranks up, that's really going to improve. I'm hoping that the county board, so I'm in the process right now to setting, of setting down with, with Chief Deputy Barrett and Captain Cook and looking at how much it costs us 
when we have to hire a new officer. You know, a lot of people see that bottom line of money and they don't realize that that quality and morale and everything like that is connected and 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 it's all affected by the the benefits we're offering to our officers. I'm not going to make you reiterate the county jail and what we should do with it. So here's how I want to ask about the jail. Is your goal efficiency, saving the taxpayers money or something else? My goal is a lot of things. So I believe that we, my research has told me that we need to consolidate the facilities. Um, we need to get rid of the downtown jail and we need to consolidate into one facility. Um, I am, as I've mentioned throughout the campaign process, I am absolutely not an advocate of, of, of adding beds. I don't think we need more bed space. I think we need more programs to keep people out of jail. Um, investing some money on these programs, you know, Rosecrans for Mental Health, um, you know, the Mental Health Board, all of these initiatives that we've seemed to run out of money over the last couple of years that we really started to do. My goal is we have a consolidated facility and we offer them, we offer inmate services while they're in jail, but we also have a seamless process to continue those services once they're released because a lot of people don't realize that most of our uh, most of our population in the jail is transient. So pre-trial detainees, people serving a couple of weeks, etc. cetera. Um, so they're coming and going. So even people who want to take advantage of GED classes, of Alcoholics Anonymous, those types of things, they get into it and they have the best intentions. They leave, they don't have the support system outside of the jail and everything falls through. Not necessarily 100% um, of, of inmates who are released, but my goal would be a facility that we can start that process, get those goals, and then they're not coming back because we see a high recidivism rate where people continually, all, if all we're doing is housing them, then people will get out for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a year, and then they'll break the law again and they'll come back in. My goal is if they do wind up in jail, so I'm hoping that they don't wind up in jail in the first place, but if they do, because let's face it, some people we have to incarcerate. My goal as sheriff is to make sure the community is safe. I absolutely do not want to compromise the safety of the citizens in the name of programs or something else. But not all inmates who are in our jail need to be there. So establishing programs while they're in jail to increase the likelihood of them not coming back is a very big goal. Now, a lot of people don't realize, and you know, here in the next couple of weeks, we're actually, the county board is going to take a tour of both jail facilities. I'm really excited about that because a lot of people don't realize what goes on inside a jail. One of my, I don't want to necessarily say favorite movies, but a movie I like is Support Your Local Sheriff. Um, you know, an older movie depicts the, you know, the, the Western jail scene, that type of thing where we throw somebody in a jail, we, we lock them up, etc. That's not really our modern day jail scene. We have, um, you know, a lot of people say, why can't we just close the downtown jail, not do anything to the satellite jail, move everybody over to the satellite jail, etc. Well, number one, places like Rosecrans are in the hallway in the satellite jail. I mean, there is just not enough room there to adequately have programs for inmates that we need. Second of all, we have gang members in jail. We have different classifications. We're not Department of Corrections to where maybe if your minimum security would send you to Taylorville, if your maximum security would send you to Joliet or Big Muddy, we have anywhere from maximum security to minimum security inmates inside that jail, and they all have to be separated. And so it's not as easy as saying, here's three cells, let's throw everybody in there and, and everything's good. Um, lots of people don't realize that it is in the taxpayer's best interest to have an adequate jail facility because we're going to get sued if somebody gets hurt. We're going to get sued if, if uh, correctional officers get hurt. And right now, the downtown jail is in a position to where correctional officers could get hurt. 
Um, inmates could get hurt. And we are obligated to make sure that inmates and correctional officers are protected, whether we want to or not. What do officers need to be trained in today that they might not have covered in the police training institute, say, 20 years ago? What's different? The whole philosophy of law enforcement is different. Um, I remember, and in my opinion, I remember when I was trained as a police officer, it is when we're dealing with somebody out on the street, it's you do what I tell you. Um, because I say so, not because it's the best thing. We still have that enforcement aspect. And so, you know, there's a reason why we have to carry firearms is because people want to hurt us, right? Bad guys have firearms. We need to be able to protect citizens in an equal capacity. But a lot of this, a lot of this job, and I, I attribute this skill that I have with communication to my county experience because a lot of this job is talking to somebody, right? We go there, we don't automatically, there are absolutely times we need to take immediate action, but the law enforcement officer of today needs to be a social worker, needs to be a psychologist, needs to be an enforcer. They need to do all of these things. And the best move may not be arresting this person. The best move may be taking proactive action to establish rapport with, uh, with the citizens. So they call you when there is an issue before they break the law, and then we can come up with an we can come up with a solution instead of slapping handcuffs on somebody and taking them to jail. Now, please keep in mind, as I mentioned before, there's always going to be people we have to slap cuffs on and take to jail. But there is a lot more that the law enforcement officer does today that even didn't do you know 15 years ago whenever I became a law enforcement officer. I was going to ask you if you miss teaching, but from the sounds of it, you're never going to stop teaching. You're just going to be out of a classroom. Will you miss that? Not everybody who wants to major in criminal justice needs to major in criminal justice. Not everybody who wants to be a police officer who's watched cops or NCIS or any of those TV shows. Not all of them realize what goes into law enforcement. Um, and so the thing I like about teaching is that I get to see how students evolve over their two years at Lakeland College, and I'm sure Paul Sarantakis would tell you the same thing about uh, Parkland, is we get to see that and we get to, I don't want to necessarily say weed out those who, who aren't going to be good law enforcement officers, but we can work with them and say, you know what, maybe this field isn't the best thing for you and, and provide a realistic perspective. Now I'm kind of doing the same thing as far as teaching, but I'm working with criminal justice professionals who are already in the profession. So just kind of shifting gears a little bit. One more question before I let you go. Are any of the officers that you used to work with now under you as sheriff? And has that been awkward at all? There are a lot of officers that I worked with at the sheriff's office. Um, and you know what? I, um, I, I don't want to necessarily say it's awkward. A lot of the officers were optimistic that I got hired or, or very excited that I got hired because quite honestly, they were looking for a change. It's hard. It's always an interesting time in a county office when you have to have, when you may potentially have a new leader every four years. Um, and you know, Dan was in, uh, Sheriff Walsh was in the office for 16 years. And so most of them have spent the majority of their career under, under Dan Walsh. And so I'm thinking there's probably a couple of, uh, a few officers who are a little bit leery about change. Um, you know, and, and I've tried to stress from day one is I don't care what your political party is because I'm a sheriff of the people. It does not matter if I'm Democratic or Republican. I am serving everybody the same. I am looking out for the, for, for the good of Champaign County and the citizens. And so I am trying to, to let them know that, listen, 
let's put our personal differences to the side. Let's focus on, you know, being loyal to Champaign County, being loyal to the citizens of Champaign County, and we're going to get along just fine. Come in, do your job, offer suggestions. I'm collaborative. So don't expect that I'm not going to come in and start dictating things that are going to happen. I want to know, I want to bounce ideas off of people and I want to say, listen, what works, what doesn't work, let's make this better instead of just being stagnant with some of the things we're doing. And uh, I, I think if nothing else, that has gained me the respect from some people who maybe weren't looking forward to a change. Dustin Herman, Champaign County Sheriff, thank you for joining me on I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess. Thank you for having me. 